Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. My name is Megan Patterson. And I'm Aaron Jensen. And we are on episode 66. And due to popular demand, <laughs> you guys have been begging, begging for this special guest, curious about this special guest, wondering if I even made it up. <laughs> I so, know the one, the myth, the man, the legend, my, our brother, my twin brother, Mikey. I'm here. I'm here. I do exist. <laughs> I do exist. I told you guys, you know, I've mentioned my brother. Well, people think it's just Aaron and I because of the business, but no, we have a brother, not only a brother. I have a twin brother, my womb mate, the guy I shared the womb with. So we, we brought him on to, um, to introduce him to you guys. Here are some funny stories. Cause if you think I'm funny. Michael's like a male version of me. Well, and I think you guys put together. I don't think we've talked about this that you guys worked together before. Yeah. Oh, you guys. That's don't give it all away, Aaron, because that's going to be a whole. My Vegas days are a whole other episode, but we're definitely going to brush upon that one time. Michael and I were pretty much owned by a man. And we both worked together in Las Vegas. It was like an era in time. Yeah, it was good times. So anyways, times. well, welcome, Mikey, Thank you. to good the to podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Mikey is my twin brother, and Aaron is our... Is so I'm, a, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. I'm two and a half years older than you guys. Yeah. So we, our parents were living in Hawaii and had me, and then mom got pregnant with both of you guys. Like, mm-hmm. this is pre-fertility stuff. Yeah. And she was like, oh, shit. <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't know I was going to be a girl. I was supposed to be named Sean. Like, can you can you believe that mom gave birth without knowing the gen- like the the gender of the baby and vaginally? Uh, no, she had it both ways. I know. I was C section because I wanted to stay in a little longer. Okay. Michael it, it came. It was warm. Yeah, warm and cozy. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. I was like, I, I don't want to get out of here. Wait, this is this is kind of a, a gross thing, but you know, tropical lay like their signs. Yes. During Valentine's Day, it says it's warm and pink inside. Ew. <laughs> For people who aren't local, tropical lay is our local strip joint. It's and, our it's our it's our supporting a local stripper business called Tropical Lay, and they have the weirdest. Um, they have the saying. best signs. They are pretty funny. They are hilarious. During yeah. uh, they, one time they said make America gyrate again. <laughs> Who comes up with that stuff? Which I, I had to snap a picture for the gram. But okay, so- All right, wait, back to the delivery. So for those of you guys who don't know this, our mom was in labor. And Michael came up first. Yep, six pounds, a little, a little peanut, a little what a pip squeak. Then Megan didn't want to come out, so then Mom had a C-section after she had one vaginally. That's like a woman's worst nightmare. Jeez. Like if I'm gonna have a C-section, like let me roll in with my hair and makeup done, sleep in, cut me open, take them both out. But one of each, like that's like tore yeah, from the floor. I don't see that anymore. And I and I, ha- I was C-sectioned out because the cord was wrapped around my mm. neck. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> so, <laughs> all day long. I was like sucking all the nutrients out of my mom, and my brother comes out like a little, like what is it, like a featherless chicken. Yeah. And I'm like big and bold. Do you know, there is a condition called vanishing twin, where one twin like sucks all the nutrients. Yeah, from the I other. think that's that was not the true. case because like the vanishing twin like dies. But yeah, you know. no, I didn't vanish my brother. And Michael is not a pip squeak now. He's a manly butch. I mean, he's a beefy man. He's a beefcake now. But when we were younger, he was a skinny string bean, just like my mama. Well, I always tell people always people always ask now, what is it like having a twin? I always say 
that you know megan got the looks and the and the brains i got the leftovers so, you know, I, I got what's left over so. no michael's been using that line since 2004 on all my homegirls it still works all my girlfriends still works. <laughs> they're it's like a oh my god mikey so charming. he's so funny i'm like you better stay away dude mikey patterson so oh, anyways man. yeah so what you know people i mean i'm sure mike people ask you like they ask me it's like what's it like growing up as a twin well, you know what I always say, like when someone says that, I always, I always say, you know, hold on a sec, I have a headache. She has a headache right now, and it's like a telepathic or the, you know, like yep. a psychological mm-hmm. thing, and then breaks the ice and makes people laugh and stuff. And but I think it's good, you know. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, I think uh, our personalities complement each other. You know, Megan's got a great personality; she's real fun and has tons of passions, very energetic, and so um, it, it's good being around her because it definitely her her personality brings out the best in a lot of people. So. Yeah, it's I didn't really pay him fun. to say that. That's so nice. That's so nice, Mikey. Yeah, yeah, so. I was just going to say, when people ask, what's it like growing up as a twin? It's like, I don't know any different. So yeah, yeah. it's like, I don't know what to compare uh, looking to. Looking back, I was a devil child, devil brother, and, and I was really mean to everyone. But, uh, you know, you grow up and you grow out of that stuff. And so Michael I, think, was, I, think, I think when you're younger, I was, you know, problematic. But Michael was so. Bart Simpson reincarnated. Dennis bad. the Menace, Bart Simpson put together yep, it was bad. Do, you, do you remember taking a hammer and hammering all of the electrical sockets in the you house know, someone's you know i hear that story many times I, i've done so many bad things when i was a kid and uh do you remember I, the time you lit our treehouse on fire oh yeah and you guys didn't believe me <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, first was, of all dad built this plywood treehouse without walls yeah. two stories above the ground yeah with a fire pole yeah. like how did it Do you was, remember we dra- would drag out the mattresses and pillows and jump off like the two story treehouse? Those are the good old days. Yeah, those those days are definitely gone. But you know, it's yeah that that treehouse was definitely uh, there's like rusty nails hanging out of the plywood mm-hmm. and like but it, it, it toughened it us bad. up. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it gave us tetanus. Yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and it toughened us up. Yeah, exactly. And we like you know it, we we learned a lot as yeah. being latchkey it was, kids. It was good times. Um, but yeah, so what was okay? So what was then your earliest memory, Mike, of of when you maybe realized you were a twin or earliest memory of me? Uh, you know, I, I think the earliest, the earliest memory I have of Megan was, you know, when we first moved to Hawaii or excuse me, moved from Hawaii back to California, uh, a lot of family would go from the island to the mainland. And I remember vividly remember at Ontario airport back in the day when the old terminal was in place, mm-hmm. you know, like if you watch catch me if you can, or some other movies, or, you they know, filmed at Ontario. Catch yeah, me if you there's, can. yeah. There's part like the old terminals. It was filmed yeah. there. And if you, if you watch the movie, you can see that there. And, uh, I remember, I think grandma getting off an airplane and us being at a terminal, me and you hanging out together. And if I recall, I think mom used to dress us fairly similar or something, or I don't and like really, matching bonnets, yeah, and tuxedos, just, like culottes. It was yeah, plaid culottes the and twin, a plaid bow tie. Yeah, and so I something, but I remember that, and yeah, I remember you just being super lovey, and you always. And there is, I'm gonna post a picture of me always hugging Michael, like mm-hmm. giving him a strangle hug, like I always needed a hug. Yeah, I was always hugging. Clingy since 1986, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So if you guys don't know, like Michael is a pilot. I think. Well, you, I posted up a picture me hugging on one of his private jets it's cool that he has had such a passion and it's funny i picked michael up to record today and i was like why didn't you get a ride he's like oh i flew my plane up here who the fuck has a commuter plane? You know, like who has a, a? It's people have Corollas, yeah, <laughs> and you have a Cessna. So what the fuck is that all about? You know, it's it makes it convenient because a lot of my flying is done at different airports in Southern California, and we all know in Southern California the traffic can be absolutely horrendous. And so, um, I got a little Cessna. I just commute from one airport to the other, you know. And I mean, I was in John Wayne this morning, left at 
took me 15 minutes to get up to Upland and it was great. And it was, it was super quick. And I just, it's super convenient, you know, beats the 405, you know, so. Oh my God. Yeah. Anything beats yeah. the 405. Yeah. Why don't we take it back? How did you actually become a pilot? How did you get into flying? I think that story is so interesting. You know what I have? Um, my uncle, well, so ever since I was like five years old, I wanted to fly. I remember, you know, building airplanes and trying to fly off the roof of our house like crazy stuff mm -hmm. and uh you know and that's all i ever want to do is, is fly airplanes and uh, my dad and my uncle got me into it and um you know i used to go down to cable airport and wash airplanes for flight time and my grandpa owns a or our grandpa owns a shopping center and um i used to recycle aluminum cans there and do whatever i could like pick up the cans in the bushes up, yeah exactly because yeah, flight lessons are very expensive. expensive yeah yeah mm -hmm. and then our dad would you know save uh, aluminum and would go down to ontario and, and recycle aluminum and so um it's it's great to um to to know that you know i'm kind of a you know, you know, nowadays it's, it seems like hard work is kind of going away. And I, and I just really admire that, you know, growing up, my mom and dad taught me the passion of hard work and, and those values. And I just started young and, and, um, so what, what age was all this can recycling hustle? Like six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. I first started flying when I was nine years old and, um, you, you know, can take a flight lesson that young. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're with the flight instructor. And uh -huh. so I have, I'm still an active flight instructor and I have some students that are really young and I tell them that story and they you know, it gives them, it gives them motivation. So mm -hmm. it's really great. And so started flying when I was nine years old and then, um, you know, flew a little bit in high school. And, uh, when I got out of high school, I was like, well, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to take serious? And I said, well, let me get back into flying. And then I, I went from there and ultimately, um, attained my private pilot certificate when I was 17, got my commercial airman certificate when I was 18, became a flight instructor when I was 19. And then from there, um, got on flying freight and, uh, did that for three or four years and flew corporate. And I fly for a major airline and, um, I flight instruct and I do some other stuff. I manage some private jets. And so um, it's been good. It's been a really every good Every day I'm hustling. Every day. <laughs> we, it seems Rick that way. Rick Ross is, me and Michael's kind of like inside joke. Like yeah. I'll send him Rick Ross. I'm the fucking, uh, or what is his thing? Uh, 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 yeah. Right? That's yeah. his kind of like tagline. That's his MO, yeah. Yeah. And shout out to the pairs. Yeah. A few people will get that inside joke. Yeah. But Rick Ross is a total hustler. So Michael's been yeah. hustling for a long ass time. I think what's so cool though, you know, if you don't mind talking about this, I think maybe school wasn't like your jam, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people always ask like, you know, were you a strong student? You know, and I, I think in high school I was pretty weak, but then, you know, I went to, an aeronautical school called Embry-Riddle. And, uh, you know, it was a lot easier for me because it was my passion. I mm -hmm. think if you have passion for something, it makes, you know, your studies that much easier. And so, um, you know, I hate biology, but I love aerodynamics. And so it's just one of those things. I'm blessed to know that I, I was able to follow my passion. It worked out really well. And, um, you know, it, I haven't worked a day in my life. I mean, I worked a day when I was 19, 18. But, I mean, when it comes to flying. Did you seriously, I was going to say, did you have any sort of shitty drive, like, when I was a human directional? Oh, we're doing the signs? Yeah, on like, the corner? The corner of like 103rd and Grape Street. Well, not even that hood. <laughs> Don't even go there. I was actually on the corner of Mountain and Baseline. Mountain yeah. and Baseline and Upland? Which, yeah, which is very <laughs> safe. And mom would drive by and check on me and throw me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I remember I remember the first thing you bought was what, a CD player? I bought a burner. Burner. A CD burner. A CD I built burner. it into my tower. Yeah, because that, that was another hustle. Like I would, I bought, I saved up, bought a CD burner, would get all my music from LimeWire, burn it onto CDs, sell the CDs five bucks a pop. That's awesome. That was my hustle. Hustle, yeah. Because I didn't pick up a aluminum cans but i changed tires too and washed cars yeah, and stuff for, for dad sure. so yeah but you never worked at like retail or a restaurant no, or anything, my huh? first job my first real job was san Antonio hospital as an orderly oh yeah i forgot yeah. you worked there mm -hmm. and i worked with with uh, uh the recovery and grandma was there at the time she did like volunteering 
in yeah. recovery. Yeah. So, so I would see her. And she was a recovery room nurse for 30 years, 30 years. and then retired and volunteered and in volunteered the same hospital there. Yeah, that she retired Beerly. from. Yeah, but... So she was there, and so I would. It was it was good seeing that, and I thought it, I thought it was fun. You know, my whole it seems like my whole family's in medical field. Mm-hmm. You know, I got Aaron, she's a PA, and then you know, mom's X-ray tech and whatnot. And so, but um, yeah, I just never followed that that followed that. But it was a great job. It was it was you know it was good being around, you know, um, surgeons and nurses and you saw a lot of gnarly stuff. Oh, crazy stuff, crazy. It's stuff. I mean, because you're in recovery, you're in the recovery. Recovery, yeah. But yeah. the thing about in recovery, you, I worked the PM shift, so I'd always get like, you know, San Antonio's not a trauma center, but you'd still get some like aggressive cases, and we'd get some cases that are like, whoa, so, yeah, yeah. And being a young kid, it was like really like overwhelming at times. But yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that like you're a weak student. I mean, I think that's kind of so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you 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 struggled with school, but you were kind of like a gnarly badass. Like, didn't you get in trouble for driving uh, your motorcycle through the campus? Yeah. Yeah. See, well, well, hold up. Allegedly. Story. Um, allegedly. Okay. Aaron got in trouble for being a, a, a you know, for th- doing a senior prank and she's banned from St. Lucie campus. <laughs> it was toilet paper and silly stuff. Are you banned? Well, they wrote me a letter like saying I'm not welcome back. But I think the sister who did that passed away. So I think they probably forgot they about it. They want to bring her back bring her so back. they can talk about no, the I went back for the career, I went back for yeah. career day. Yeah, career like day. after the fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Aaron, Aaron pulled a senior prank, got banned from her alma mater. Michael would like ditch michael was a straight up bart simpson but without the without the drugs and teenage pregnancy yeah yeah. it was so michael was like a funny like it was still you know kind of like god damn it michael you know like yeah i was i was i was the straightest kid kid in my group all my friends did everything else oh you know everything except you know i i I had my first drink when i was 21 and uh you know i've always been straight edge never done any drugs in my life and so um, it was amazing. I got through high school that way, but all my friends did it. Yeah. But I just didn't do it. But what so. was the story about you getting busted? Um, well, it was just rumor had it that Mike did it. You know, they never, they never pinned me. Don't on worry, it, Mike. But... Like Upland High is not going to come after no, you. No, no, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The like yeah. limitation. Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. Years, whatever. Yeah, yeah right. But um, Michael and Michael likes uh, anything with the motor. Really, I thought Dad did that Dad in high school too. Yeah, and he got yeah he got a, a letter from from Upland High School. I think and he, he still framed has it. Yeah, he framed it. Of course. Yeah, like yeah, the... and it's next to all our degrees. You know, <laughs> yeah. Aaron's masters, Megan's Megan's my bachelor's. Yeah, my my bachelor's. You know, so and then Dad had the Dad's letter being like, uh, Joseph Patterson was caught riding his motorcycle through the quad naked, naked. <laughs> He was not naked, <laughs> but yeah, that's just you know the, yeah. we, we they did a pretty good job with us kids. So um, you you are a pilot, Michael, and we'll we'll talk about some funny stories about that too. Yeah. But you have some other hobbies that can kind of compromise said uh, said career <clears throat> motors. Oh, motorcycles! Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. You know, I race motorcycles, I race off road, and. You know, it's it's dangerous, but you got to follow your passion. You know, some there's things in, in life that are ris- risky, and I think aviation is inherently dangerous, and I think um, riding motorcycles is inherently dangerous too. But you know, I I consider myself a professional when it comes to those types of those types of activities, and I, I really take take that stuff serious. And so, um, so do you drive? Uh, do you drive like street bikes? And no, stuff? I stay off the I stay off the, the streets. Didn't you have uh, a Ducati? Yeah, though or I did Ducati a couple, you know what, ten years ago. But it's just, it's just too dangerous. Well, because it's not even you; it's the cars around yeah, you. That... Yeah, people don't. Everyone's on their phones. Everyone's mm-hmm. paying attention. Like it yeah. can be bad. So Ducatis are sexy as fuck. Though. They're pretty sick. 
They're so amazing. Yep. Okay, so why don't you tell them about that one time that you fucking broke your back? I think we talked about it on mom's episode. A I little know, bit. but like, do you you know? So okay, so Michael's a pilot, so like he kind of like I think about Aaron, like how Aaron. I ask Aaron if she's insured her hands because. Like she shouldn't like roller skate or do anything that sure. risks her hands because if she loses her right hand, oh, she's done. fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't inject any right. unless she learns to be ambidextrous. But for you, like you, when you got in your accident, which we touched upon briefly, you know, where were you? How old were you? What happened? Yeah, was it May? It was March. It was yeah. mom's birthday. Yeah, it was March. Yeah, it was on mom's yeah, it was mom's 50th birthday. birthday. 50th birthday. Yeah, and I think they were down in 2007. Ago. Yeah, yeah. 2007. Yeah, they were down in what, Laguna or? In Orange County, having lunch. Yes, having brunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was up in the high desert, up in um, up near Barstow with my buddy Steve Mason, and we were out riding along, and I fell real hard and went down, and woke up, and um, you know the first thing you do is when you go down hard is make sure you can move everything, you know. So I move my legs, I move my fingers, and I pass back out, make sure there's no paralysis. You're like Obama is the president. It's the year 2007. <laughs> no, he asked. You know, the, the EMTs are asking you like, oh, yeah, many, you know, like in concussion. So they ask like, oh, you know, what what's the What's your, what's the day or who's the president? So do you remember it, like hitting the ground, hitting your neck or? Yeah, I saw it coming. What'd you hit? What happened? Yeah, like just the big like in the desert. There's this thing called a G out, and if a bike, if you're going really fast and you don't, if you don't hit the obstacle correctly, the the suspension will bottom out and you go over the bars. And um, I did a compression fracture L three L four, and then um, the problem was is when my buddies found me about ten minutes later. So uh, you're just sitting there kicking I'm, it, blacked I'm, out, blacked out pissed my pants like bad did you throw up too i probably did yeah yeah i probably did i remember but um cracked my helmet scary cracked your helmet oh you just yeah the bike was destroyed cracked my helmet it was bad and so the bad thing was was getting to getting myself to um hospital or yeah well yeah to get airlifted out because i was on the on the desert there's no cell service out there there's no cell phone service so so my buddy steve had to go back to his house, get his truck. The truck got stuck in the desert. So Dude, get, yeah. how long did this take was, while you're sitting there uh, in your wet pants? It seemed like it seemed like ten minutes, but it was probably two hour, two three hours because I was in and out of consciousness. You know what I mean? So, so you're just sitting there alone while Steve was going to get his truck. Yeah, it was just no the two options, of you, just me and him. Oh shit! Yep, that is so well, frightening. Thank God you weren't by yourself. I know. I know. When I know. you say you go and riding by yourself, I'm like, dude, you need to drop a pin and. Yeah, I don't push it when I'm by myself. Like I try to take it easy because if you if you go down, you know, again. And but nowadays I got like a spot tracker and a sat phone and everything. So if I if I do, it, it, it won't happen. I yeah. mean, it could, but I've really tried to make sure that I'm really careful. So, so he when were the, who do you call when you need an airlift? Are you like nine one one? I need a helicopter. Yeah, just nine one one. And then we we he put me, you know. Uh, he came back with his stepdad. So they got, they were able to pick me up and put me in the back of the bed and then drive like another hour through the desert with a broken back. Oh, you were driving in a truck truck bed. Yeah. A truck bed with a broken back. Broken back. Yeah. I've blessed Steve. Steve was probably like you shithead. Well, his dad was, he's like my, you know, Bill, Bill Jenkins, like my step. And he's such a dear friend, you know, almost like my stepdad. So he was like, you idiot. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like being airlifted? Is it like in the movies? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I remember the first thing I did was, I, you know, say, is there any pain medication? You know, I was like, oh, we can't give it to you. And it's like a 20 minute flight down to Loma Linda. And I think Steve called dad or maybe mm-hmm. mom and, and said, you know, Mike got in an accident. What do you want to do? And she, you know, she just said, well, I'll take him to Loma Linda. And 
She's like, I got my bottomless mimosas in me. Yeah. I'm busy. Well, I think she, she asked the same thing. Like, that's what a medical professional asks. Like, can, can, can you move, move his legs? Can you move his legs? Yeah. It's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. Okay, I'll see him at 7 p.m. Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> so then, I love you, mom. So mom calls me. He's like, hey, your brother broke his back. Can you go to Loma Linda and check on him? I'm like, <laughs> and I think I'm in PA school, like studying for a test. I'm like, yeah, mom. Okay, I'll go to Loma Linda. Like, Mom's savage. But yeah, yeah, I remember you were like in a, one of the um, ER bays, just like neck brace, laying there like, oh. That's fucking frightening. Yeah, it was rough. How much yeah. did that flight cost you? You, you know, I had, of course, I had a health insurance at the time, and uh, I got a bill for like thirty thousand. I think I called them up and said, you know, would you be interested in settling for like fifteen? And they said no. And I think we went back and forth. But I think it was, God, I, I think out of, po- out of pocket was like ten grand. Dude, after, after twenty, I need to from, get in the helicopter business. Well, it's and I, you know, I was going back and forth with the guys, like, hey, you know, it's so expensive to fly only half an hour. And, well, You're like, listen, dude, I know the cost of fuel. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I could actually, I could have flown that helicopter. Yeah, are you rated for a helicopter? No, it's one thing I can't fly, but I'm working on my helicopter. Dude, rating. no, oh, that's sketchy. It's pretty sketchy. Helicopters are so yeah. sketchy. I mean, Michael has like a glider rating, which means like you know those little like paper airplane looking things but it's real life yeah <laughs> yeah you get dragged right like how do you get into in a glider you get pulled plane? by an airplane by, yeah. by a cable not available dude yeah. well we're so glad michael that you well you broke your back so what did that mean for you as a pilot what can you no it's there i mean there's some like residual effects but it's not not that big of a did deal. you need surgery um no but because i wanted to ride motorcycles again i got a, a procedure called a vestibroplasty where they inject cement into the vertebrae and it's big in Europe. Um, it's kind of new. I, I, it's been around for a long time, but I don't really practice it in the United States. And so I got that. I think it, sta- it stabilized the stabilized the fracture, but no, uh, like otherwise I, they would have put a rod in it. No, it wasn't or... that bad. Oh, okay. yeah, got it. Yeah, but I think I'm about a half inch shorter, a little under half an inch shorter. Oh, just yeah. like compress it yeah, down. Yeah, compress the vertebrae. It's pretty crazy. Shoot, but yeah. couldn't weren't you like limited as far as like the the what is it the FD. What is that that regulates? FAA. The FAA. FAA, yeah. Yeah, like, because, like, you had to be on pain medication, right? So. Yeah, and so there's certain, like, a narcotic you can't take, and so essentially what I did was I just, you know, ultimately went to Advil, but yeah. you got to get signed off by your aviation medical examiner to make sure that you're physically fit to fly, so. Yeah. What are some other medications you can't take as, as a pilot? Um, so the, the guidance that the, that the FAA gives is through an, a, an AME, an aviation medical examiner. And essentially, um, no narcotics, um, anything that has any type of like allergy medicine that creates like drowsiness, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the FAA is really big on like cardiovascular issues and psychological issues, of course, you know, rightfully so. And so they really try to stay away from, you know, if there's anything that involves that or type of like like a feigning spell. Mm. Um, they're big on that, so you can't be a narcolepsy. Yeah, you can have narcolepsy, or you yeah. can have side effects. A medicine yeah. that causes that causes that. So, what I usually do is like you know I have allergies, so there's th- there's only three allergy medicines that I can take, and so there's one that I that I can take regularly. So, mm-hmm. but very few people find what they love to do and stick to it. I, I agree. Like when I finally learned about hospitality in college, I was like, oh my god, my brain cracked open. I was like, this is so much fun. I love this. Like. My senior thesis was planning a resort like it was amazing so what so since you pretty much do your dream job what is the best part about being a pilot uh, i mean i think it's the freedom you know i think um you know i've seen the good thing about being a being a pilot is i've seen some really you know beautiful sunsets beautiful sunrises i've, I've met people all over the world that i've that i would never normally meet mm-hmm. you know i've gone to places i've seen things and so i think it's the opportunity to travel explore things yeah so. so what's the worst part about being a pilot 
Um, or the least favorite. Yeah, least favorite. I think the schedule can be pretty hectic sometimes, you know, like I, because I'm so busy doing a lot of things, um, there's sometimes it's like, you just got to get up and go. Um, but it's really rewarding, you know, monetarily yeah. it works out really well. Um, it's not really Michael's hard work. Bowling, yeah. <laughs> in case any of our lady <laughs> listeners are tuned in, <laughs> he will buy you your food. I promise you that he buys me my food. He, he thinks it's so pitiful and sad that like I go on dates and I pay for my own. No, food. that's ridiculous. <laughs> Every time with Megan, I feed her and drink her. No, totally. Put gas in her car. Yeah. He, yeah. he hooks it up. Little dude. Manny he, Petty. he fucking feeds me when we go, when we go to, to Stierenstein, I get the biggest <laughs> steak. Roll through. Bakers. Steak and oh, shake. Oh, by the way, I brought my Del Taco black card. By the way. Yeah. Wait, you guys, I don't think you guys understand yeah. this. Does it really still work? Oh, dude, all day. Okay. All day. I think we we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but Del Taco is like the bomb. It's here in Southern California only. And I think like in maybe Nevada, do you know, or Arizona. Yeah, I, think there, I think there's some in, in Vegas. Some people don't get yeah. it. It's very, you know, local, but Del Taco is the bomb. And their their original location is in Barstow, Barstow I believe. Barstow, yeah. Yeah, but Michael eats Del Taco. I used to. He used to eat Del much. Taco all the I mean, because. Yeah. Because as a pilot, like you're running from place to place to place. So Michael I, um, is not a cook. He does not, you know. No, I don't do that. No, he's no, just like a straight up drive through dude on his way to the next gig, yeah. next hustle. So he was at Del Taco so much that they awarded him this VIP Del Taco black card. Yep. So what yep. does that give you? It gives a hookup, you know, it gives, I think it's like 80% off. No. And I, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's something so what, like that. Yeah, but who identified you? Like the manager? Yeah, it was, or... the, man- it was the manager. Because you're there the just man, so yeah, much. Yeah, down like, Benson and Foothill. Yeah, because I was flight instructing so much. I'll go there. That's right by the airport. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, I have like four bucks. Yeah. And you have you buy like six tacos. Yeah. And a water. Yeah. And one of those like small cups yeah, with no ice. Clear cups. Yeah, the clear cups. <laughs> so. Dude, I mean, so yeah, Michael's, I mean, one time Michael flew us um, to Sedona. And remember that day was gnarly. What did you have? What did you do that day? Do you remember? Oh, that, like a couple months ago? Yeah. yeah it was like uh, a have a suit. Yeah. Back I and think, forth. I think I went... Um, I remember being a long day, but it's not really uncommon. I think I went Chino to Havasu to Phoenix to Havasu back to Phoenix to Chino up to Van Nuys, then back to you guys to pick you up to fly you to Sedona, and then back to Chino or something. Like that's but, just a regular day in the life. Yeah, you know, right? it's, yeah, and it sounds really bad, but it's really not. I mean, sometimes it can be a long day, but for the most part, yeah, build yeah. up your endurance, and so it's not too bad. Yeah, so. Michael's not afraid of of waking up early. I mean, did you guys? I, I'm going to get into in depth about this eventually on like my story time with Megan, but Michael and I lived and worked together in Vegas. Yeah. It was an era, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Without disclosing too much information, because I think I signed an NDA. Um, but Michael. I didn't. <laughs> Michael was uh, working for a guy. And, you got the job first, right? Yeah. Michael was a, a, a corp or would you say like a head pilot? Yeah. Chief, so pilot? chief pilot. Yeah. Chief yep. pilot for a private guy yep. who had his own jet and had his own business. And I was working in travel in, in Chicago. And. Michael hooked me up with this guy and we worked, we got off really well. Like I was booking his travel and he was like, come work for me. And I was like, shit. Okay. Yeah, it was good. And I was like, and I was ready to move back from Chicago. And so, um, we interviewed, um, we got along really well. And then I moved to Vegas. Like it was actually, well, actually I moved to San, I moved back home. His office was in San Bernardino. My first day, he was like, we're moving to Vegas. And so then um, Michael and I moved to Vegas. Yep. And it was crazy because Mike was the chief pilot. I was the executive assistant to the CEO, head honcho. I was his right-hand lady. And we were running shit yeah. mm-hmm. in Vegas. You were. I don't know how you did what you did. 
thank you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Say no, that again. Please repeat that. I do not know how you did what you did. Like, like I yeah. managed this man's life. I made, I mean, he was, he was an incredible, like you could say mentor, almost to both of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, Michael worked for him for a few years before I did, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it makes sense that he really liked us because we were fucking twins, you know, like we had the same type of work ethic, you know, Michael was like the, you know, fucking grinder. Like he, he, cause the thing with guys who, who own jets, like they own jets because they're successful, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like they work their ass off. And so, their time is worth something. Yeah. That's the thing with, and that's how our old boss was like, he's like, listen, my time is so much more important, you know, like, and that's why I can, um, what's the word? Like justify mm -hmm. having, I mean, he, he used to fly himself around. Remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Our old boss yeah. used to like, he was he like, had his pilot's license. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. Use yeah. And then, you know, a lot of those guys, what they'll do is they'll, they'll hire a professional pilot so they can do other stuff while... Yeah, so they can answer pilot. emails. Yeah, also, exactly. I think from a legal standpoint, flying yourself around like that is very risky. Yeah, the insurance minimums, you know, we have, like when you're a professional, you have the insurance is so aggressive nowadays that it's hard. You can't even insure an operation with it, the experience that he might have. Yeah. So, yeah. so working for this guy was um, an incredible experience. We both learned so much and we had some funny ass stories yeah it's good times funny stories remember that one time we flew out of was it riverside or san bernardino it was just me and you it was out of ontario was it out of ontario, out of ontario. okay do you yeah. know the story i'm talking about oh, yeah so yep. i'm in the back uh michael's in the cockpit i like to sit in the back you know for the photo op taking yep. selfies yeah i'm taking with, with his sparkling water yeah i have michael i'm like michael yeah. get a yeah. good picture of me so <laughs> michael was the 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 private pilot and I and my boss would be like hey I forgot my toiletry bag in Claremont and I'd be in Vegas he'd be like go get it for me and I'd be like Michael are you going down to LA he like for sure so I'd hitch a ride in a private jet to pick up like a shaving cream bag yep. straight up like that was my life and it was sexy as hell and I'll get into deeper detail but one day I we we're going back to Vegas and I'm sitting in the back I'm not in the cockpit with Michael and I'm plugging my Blackberry because I was on a I had a Blackberry and an iPhone Balling. One, one for the money, one for the honey. Bad bitch. Bad bitch. <laughs> yeah. One for the money, one for the honey. Yes. The Blackberry was for the money. The iPhone was for the honey. And so um, I'm back there and I plug in my Blackberry to charge it. And I either you smell smoke or I smell smoke. Yeah, I think you mentioned something. And I see yeah. smoke coming <gasps> from the wall in the airplane. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like freaking the fuck out because I don't know. Like I, we have to get back to Vegas. You know, I don't want to like tell Michael because I'm in, I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. But I'm like, um, <clears throat> Mike, there's smoke coming from the plane. And then Mike turns into this is the thing. Mike is a goofball. When it's me and Mike, like we'll have dance offs and have inside jokes and stuff. But when he Mike is a pilot, he turns into like <laughs> like he gets into super strict serious pilot mode so i'm like hey <clears throat> mike there's smoke coming and he's like Aah! well whatever a plane makes a plane doesn't make screeching noises but we, he like Meow! and turned around and we went into straight emergency yeah how like long after up. takeoff was this we were over if i recall i think we were over like rialto at some seven or eight thousand feet oh so not that far not that away. far okay. yeah but, um, you know, fires in an airplane are really, really, really uh, dangerous. Uh-huh. And so... Um, you were not playing. No, we don't play with fires. You got to get the airplane on the ground. And so we diverted to San Bernardino. Just declare an emergency, and I think it was a was it a cell phone charger? Is yeah, that what it was. Yeah, it was. It was, and also I think it was an outlet that had never been used before. Yeah. It was just an old ass outlet. Right. So it was a plug. It was like, a plug. Yeah, the smoke was coming from the electrical outlet inside yeah. the airplane, and it was just me and Mike, and that was probably like my most like okay, I'm gonna die. I was just like, this is it. This is how I'm gonna go down with you, my womb mate. I come into the world with him. I go out <laughs> with the world with him together. <laughs> yeah.
Yes. In her ass. We're going down together. All day. And then you text mom. You're just like, I love you, mom. She's like, what? Yes. <laughs> I'm so dramatic because I still had a little Mom's reception. like, can you walk? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Call I me later. I still had a little yeah. reception. So I was like, mom. I just want to let you know that I love you. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then I like get on the ground. I was like, we had an emergency landing. The FAA is here. We had to report it, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, have you had any other crazy experiences like that? Oh, yeah. All the, I mean, not all the time, but I mean, if you- What's the most <clears throat> scariest where you're like, I think this is it. I'm going to die. Pilots are, are very pragmatic. You know, it's, you'd run the checklist, you secure the airplane, you explore your options and then you execute. If you're emotional about it and you think you're going to die, that's when you start losing control of the airplane. And so there's situations that can make pilots become that way. But for the most part, you just you re, you know, resort to your training. But um, I remember probably the most dangerous emergency I've ever had was when I was flying cargo out of Ontario. And um, I, again, out of cockpit fire. But that time I could see flames and it was by my right leg. And oh, that, was, that, that is gnarly. That was bad. And, and you were alone. I was single pilot. Yep. No, and, you know, in those in that type of operation, there's no autopilot. There's no GPS. And so that the, you're pretty much driving like the Corolla of the air. Oh, yeah. Of the air. A semi truck. A semi truck. Yeah. So just like an old basic, one. Yeah. basic, very primitive. There's nothing there. And so I was in the clouds in the rain. It was middle. It was, I think, three or four in the morning. And um, oh. I started smelling smoke and. Depending on when the fire happens, um, is essentially kind of depends on what you do. And so I was climbing out. I was over Pomona at about eight, eight or nine thousand feet in the clouds in the rain. And I remember seeing flames through a little window by my right knee. There's a, a trim wheel window on that on that particular airplane. And uh, essentially, what the first thing you do is try to um, uh, remove the source of the of the fire. So it's usually an electrical fire. For the most part, but you're flying freight, so it could be all. It could be lithium batteries. It could be all. Oh. It could be anything. Petroleum products, there's hazmats, all sorts of stuff you're flying around. So, um, the first thing you do is eliminate this, remove the source. And so I turned all the radios off. Well, when you l- turn the radios off, you can no longer talk to air traffic control. Oh my so god! So then what do you do? So now they don't know where you're going, and you turn off your navigation source. So now you're navigating the clouds with no navigation. Um, you turn the battery off, and so you can't bring the landing gear down or the flaps down. So there's a lot of ancillary issues that come with like when you run emergencies like that. And so you really got to kind of like step back, have, you know, a, a large grasp of the situation uh, in, in its entirety and then kind of go from there and, and run the appropriate checklist. Because sometimes if you if you handle an emergency and you do one thing, then it makes a worse emergency. Mm. And so you really got to make sure you do it, you know, a systematic approach. So did you have like yeah, a so what yeah. So essentially what happened was, is, um, I had a fire extinguisher in the right hand. I was You're like tr- right-handed trying to squirt that, yeah. trying to fly with your left hand. Yep. Yep. And I hit, hit it with the fire extinguisher. But when you, when you hit, when you, uh, you know, essentially using a fire extinguisher in a cockpit, you know, you can't breathe. Right. Oh. It's full. Of, so, and, it's and it's small, all dusty, like yeah, smoke or whatever the chemical yeah, is. So you can't breathe. There's smoke in the cockpit. You're in the clouds. You don't know where you're going. You're not talking to anyone. And dude, uh, you're like, nobody's going to know where I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're and like, you, is the black box in the back? Yeah. You're like, I hope they, they can find, find the black box. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, it's totally overwhelmed. And so ultimately I got the airplane into the clear so I could see where I'm at. And, you know, I know the Alien Empire really well. So I was like, OK, I'm over the 57 and the 10. But this is at nighttime. This like is three in the morning, like three, four in the morning. So, so I, you're going off of like freeways just, and yeah, lights. And, exactly. Okay. And I already declare an emergency with air traffic control. So Ontario Airport knows I'm coming. So they just don't know exactly where exactly or when where or when and so 
it takes them probably a good two, three minutes to kind of wake up, get their clothes on, hop in the fire trucks, get out to the runway. Well, the thing is, when I got into the clear, I saw two runway or I saw another airport and it was Chino. Oh, and so, you're kind of like putting running through your head. You're like, what airport could this be? Well, and I, yeah, for a split second. And then I was like, okay, well, if I go to Chino, I can get the airplane on the ground, but there's no emergency services because they don't know I'm coming. Where if I fly another maybe minute and a half, two minutes, I can get the airplane on Ontario where, where they, they know ready. I'm coming. Mm. So now it's another like, what do I do? So ultimately I went to Ontario. They knew I was coming and um, got the airplane on the ground. And that was probably the the worst. Because, was it still flaming when you uh, landed? It was smoldering. It was smoldering because I essentially turned the source off. So what was it? Uh, it was an electrical fire. It was a uh, faulty wire mechanic. Wow. Yep, so. Did you have your landing gear down? Yeah. We were able to take that down. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So you run the. Bring We've the gear had down, so many. Dude, another time in Vegas, didn't our landing gear get fucked up one time? Or like we had to get a replacement. We were about to fly to Utah. Uh, I think it was a, it was a, a battery master switch, wasn't it? We, wasn't... I'm telling you, me and Michael had some adventures where we were like supposed to be somewhere and then we had to be in Phoenix in like an hour. Yeah. And we had the same clothes on and we had to like spend the night at the Holiday Inn and wait and sleep in our clothes. We've had such crazy fun ass. Make it work. Wild yeah. adventures. Get her well, done. We had the boss that was like. I don't care how you do it. Just yeah. fucking figure it out. Yeah. And he'd be like, it doesn't matter. He's like, you have you have the credit card. He's like, figure it out. Buy what you got to buy. But I don't care about the details. He'd the, be like, just be here with my plane. Yeah. At 7 a.m. Make pe- it happen. People mm-hmm. might think like, whoa, where me and Mike were like, bet. Yeah, we're, like, we're, we're like, bring it on. Yeah. And, you know, and we like look polished and shiny. I mean, it was kind of badass when we'd walk out. I'd be like this bad bitch in an A-line skirt and heels. I'm like 6'4 in these heels drinking a Diet Coke. Michael's, you know, in his little suit and tie or not suit and tie but like a button up with, with a tie with his little Gucci loafers on, you know, and we're pretty, I mean, we look pretty bomb. Like we look badass. Uh, we flew up to meet the, um, uh, the governor of Nevada. Yeah. I don't know if that was you or that was you. No, I was on that trip, but yeah. I think you actually met him, right? Did yeah, you get a I got a picture with, picture with him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, po- I'll post it. He's a silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> he was fine as hell. And Handsome. I have a, I was like, photo op. I had my boss get a picture, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into deeper with that. But didn't you also have another experience where you like knocked out in your airplane or wasn't that one of your colleagues um, when you were doing cargo and you had to wear like a, a football helmet? Yeah, there was, when I was flying freight up the Owens Valley, there was, um, one of the jokes was we would wear a football helmet and, uh, we take our headset off because the turbulence was so bad. Imagine being in a plane where the turbulence is so bad that your head is knocking yeah. and you need to wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah. And it was good experience. And so, you know, I tell passengers, you know, they're uneasy about flying. They say, oh, it's, I don't like turbulence. And I say, well, this is nothing, you know, then I explain to them that, you know, just the, yeah. the remember that one time you were flying me and I was in the back. Once again, I was in the back. It was in the, uh, in the CJ and I didn't have my seatbelt on and we were going from that part from Vegas, you know, that's super oh, it's, turbulent. Yes, yeah. but it's really hot. I'm from yeah. Vegas to Ontario and yeah. I was in the back minding my business and you were like, hold on. And I was like, what? <laughs> Boom. I jump my, my. My big ass plops out the seat. I jump so high, I hit my head on the ceiling. My BlackBerry falls and breaks into two pieces. It broke? No. Yes. Oh, wow. It broke. And I was like, dude, can I get a warning? And you're like, I just gave you one. Yeah, uh, longer than five seconds. How old were you when that, that first emergency happened? Uh, I think I was 20, like 21, 22. That's crazy. Yeah. But, we, you know, we, we like, it's not uncommon to declare an emergency. I mean, I declare an emergency probably once once a year I know, and but, can, but most 21 year olds can't look you in the eye when they have a conversation let alone land a well 21 year olds now yes yeah, 21, yes, yeah. they speak emojis they're yes. trying to send the air the air traffic controller an emoji an emoji <laughs> yeah emoji with the, 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 like, the omg oh <laughs> yeah yeah where michael talks in a whole nother language it's crazy i mean seriously mom and dad in high school were like listen bro 
what the fuck are you going to do with your life? Yeah, get you either got to become a plumber or get into some sort of trade. Yeah, dude. trade union. Yeah, yeah just figure it job. out, dude, because you're yeah. a knucklehead. And yeah. what, and what would it. you say for kids who kind of feel that way? They hate school. They feel like they just they don't know what to do. Like, how do they find their passion? Just follow their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you got to do. I mean, there's um, coincidentally flying is very rewarding and uh, it's a fairly prestigious job. And I think I've I've been really lucky to to um, to get involved with it. But just follow your heart, you know, no matter what it is. You know, if you want to be a short order cook, follow your heart and mm-hmm. be the best short order cook you can. And just love your, you know, follow your follow your heart and follow your dreams. Yeah. So. And don't waste money on really expensive private school. Hell no. What you had to do for your trade, because just like Aaron had to go to master's to be a PA, you had to get a degree, right? Yeah, yeah. In what, aeronautics? Aeronautics. So what, Mm -hmm. could you, it has to be aeronautics. No, you can, it can be in anything, but they just want to see that you can, you can finish something. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it took me a long time, took me uh, more, longer than normal, but I got it done. It's all good, dude. It took me seven years to get my undergrad. Yeah. What's the rush? You know, well, uh, paying for it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and we all have. I know. We all, yeah, we all, we didn't, we did not have a college savings fund. Yeah, no. Only (laughs) opportunity. You know, my college savings fund was FAFSA (laughs) and Fannie Mae. That's my, that's my mama, Fannie Mae. 4%. Fannie Mae. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, so you work. You've, I mean, you've pretty much done all sorts of flying, and you were never in the military. No, a lot of civilian. people think, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I mean, it's that's kind of like the easy like track, right, to do military. And <sighs> just different, kind of... you know. Just, I mean, you, those guys they put in their dues. Oh yeah, you know, they're officers and stuff, and you know, they they go to a foreign country and get shot at, and it's nothing but respect for military guys. I just didn't do it that way. Yeah, so exactly. I, I applied, but I didn't have the. Um, I got LASIK, and they didn't like that. It was before they didn't they didn't really accept it. Now it's a little more lenient. Yeah. But um, also, can you do like ten push-ups? Barely. No, I can't. <laughs> I was gonna say pass the the physical fitness. Yeah, the physical test. fitness. Nowadays, yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't do the military. They'd yeah, be like, yeah. you know, what, girl, you you run a fifteen-minute mile. That's not nah. way like, too Orange Theory mile. <laughs> yeah. I'm a power walker at Orange Theory. Okay, <laughs> fuck off. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, commercial flying, commercial and private offer different things. So like, um, you know. I, I know that you've worked in the past with like private jet guys. Are they all pretty much like entitled assholes or no, no, they're all, all the guys that I fly for are super cool. I fly and have flown for, Oh, probably about six or seven guys that are really good people. Yeah. They and treat I ask, really well. And don't yeah. worry. I ask them all the time. Are they single? I asked Michael. Yeah. No, some, some, some are. Michael does not hook it up. Michael will. Hey, I, yeah. If anyone hey, has resources, it would be Michael. Hey, there's many times I've come at you to hook it up and you don't shoot me Dad, down. I do. <laughs> no, Michael wants me to hook him up with my married no, friends any, or something. Anytime, and I'm like, they're married. Dude. Anytime there's a new petite brunette in the office, oh, at our office at the treatment. I, I, Aaron, who's that? These days, they don't even have to be petite. As long as they're brunette, Michael likes If it ain't them. brown, I ain't down. Yeah. If it ain't brown, I ain't down. Yeah, I'm the same, dude. Yeah. I am down with the brown. Yeah. See, that's where me and Mikey are very similar. Is that we both have a, a persuasion for the Latin flavor. Yes. So, yes. Um, no, Mikey's always like, So, what's up with the new MA? What's yeah. up? And what's I'm like, up? Michael, take him out to lunch. Go to Dr. Grubbs with them or whatever. Go buy him take a. Take him flying. That's Michael's go to. Yeah. He loves to take girls out on a little what's... date to Elephant Bar in what's Santa Barbara. <laughs> no, they closed that. They did? They clo- yeah, they closed it. <laughs> Michael be like, Hey, why don't we go to In N Out? Sure. The one on Foothill? No. The one in San Diego. (laughs) But no, um, so yeah, Michael's had some funny, I mean, this is just scratching the surface of Michael's funny stories of, I mean, the celebrities that he's met and just the, I mean, just Vegas alone. Maybe I could bring Michael back for my my Vegas episode. Yeah, that was good times. No, but a lot of the guys, a lot of guys I fly for are really cool. You know, they, they, you know, I fly for a rock band. I fly for some 
powerful criminal attorneys and I do all sorts of stuff. And so, um, it's, it's been good. And the people that I've learned, you know, the relationship I built. So, so has, has anybody ever like smoked cigarettes in the cabin or had sex behind you? Yeah. I used to fly for girls gone wild. Oh yes! yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was Tommy Lee and he was, I started smelling cigarette smoke and again, smoking an airplane. Right. Yeah. So I, I look back and I think he's, I don't think he's doing a rail of cocaine off some stripper or something. I don't really know. <laughs> I wish I was the back in the day. How'd you get hooked up with the girls gone wild plane? He's in prison, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for Should, like I'm underage. Right place, right time. You know, and of course I'm young and all I need is, I'd, all I want is flight time. So I'd go do it for, you know, essentially for free. The check's never clear. That always bounce. Like just a super <laughs> sketchy operation, but I would do that's it. That's a good time. Yeah, that's a good time. So, so. Have you ever flown for a female plane owner? Or have they all been male? All male. I want to be the first one. There you go. Damn, yeah, bitch. Yeah. That's what's up. Yep. Heck well, yeah. is you, can you paint a plane? How expensive is it to paint a plane mint green? Uh, Well, it depends on the airplane, but anywhere from like 30 to 100 grand. It just kind of depends on the airplane. Oh. And, I think Aaron know. I think Aaron would look good maybe in like a CJ. What is that? A five passenger? Yeah. you Put her in like a CJ two or three. That'll get the job done. You know, coast to coast almost fast. So LA to New York? In a CJ3, barely. You, yeah, you, you have to stop probably for fuel. With a strong tailwind, you could probably make it. But We're more West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, CJ want to get the job. You better regional. inject a lot of fucking filler to get a $100,000 paint job. Well, you better sell some more filler. Okay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of filler, Michael, have you ever done filler? Never filler. Botox. 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 Yeah. So Mike how do you... is down for the Botox. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't Michael's been, your forehead looks good, actually. Did oh, you thanks. just get it done? Uh, once a lot, maybe once like really six smooth. weeks ago. Yeah, six. Yeah. 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 Do your do your guy friends know that you do it? I think one. I think uh, one of the guys I fly for mentioned it, and then he asked, "Can I get a hookup or something?" Yeah. I don't Michael really remember. A, a, a healthy amount of people to the treatment. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like they'll be like, it, yeah. "Oh, I know your brother, or I know him from." You know, from the airport life yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Michael's not Michael's not up here being like, okay, guys, let me tell you about my skincare routine. But he'll like throw up a story and be like, Botox time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, With yeah, his red like, bumps on his face. Yeah, I got to let people know I'm doing it. You know, <laughs> well, you look good and it looks normal. Yeah, it looks normal. Yeah, Aaron does a good job. Yeah. When the guys yeah. come in, like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, I inject my brother, my husband, my dad. Like, I inject everybody. Yeah, yeah seriously. So, because yeah, you make it, it, Michael just looks like a, a yeah. like yeah. a version of himself. I know I got to wear more sunscreen. And I know. Thing is, pilots are way more exposed. Yeah, second, than yeah the second highest skin cancer yeah. proficient. I think what roofers, roofers the number are one. number one. Yeah, I got um, I think I got a powdered clear uh sunscreen. Because have you used the powdered sunscreen before? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, I have one here. I have a, the pop lock and block it. That'll be okay. good because yeah, you can it get you. it. You can get it on your forehead and it's not going to make you shiny. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can cool. just keep it in your um cockpit. Yeah, for sure. Brush it on. Cockpit yep. shit. <laughs> Go back. Okay, so you're not self-conscious about doing Botox as a man. That's cool. And so um, you live in Southern California, but people ask, like, so where's your brother? I'm like, my brother's always out and about. So you spend, you fly out of most Southern California airports, but you live in OC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so you have a daughter. Yep. Yes, yep. my little niece. Yeah, happy little, Father's Day, yeah, by the way. It's Father's Day you, week. Thank you. I know, yeah. Happy my little muñeca. Yep. She's a little muñequita. Yeah. She's so precious. Her name's Alexa. I call her Canela because she almost has red hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like her dad. Yeah. Almost. I'm a well, hint of like. Yeah, because her mama is Mexicana. And so I, I see that often like with like brunettes and blondes like it can sometimes come out a little strawberry blonde yeah so she's super precious and how old is she two and a half yeah and so what's the the funniest thing about her what's the funniest thing she's ever said or done just her innocence yeah you know what i mean just so pure and sweet and i think we live in a world nowadays where i mean it's it's 
pretty common to see, I'll say evil, but it's just like, it's just really sad. The world we live in sometimes and just seeing her being so happy and innocent, is just really, it's heartwarming. That is the thing about kids is you get to, you get really present really quick with them. Like you, all that your worries and and everything that you're concerned about and stuff, the state of affairs. It's kind of like when you're with the kid. It's like all they oh, want to do, away. yeah, mm-hmm. is like play in the sand, yeah, yep. or whatever. Exactly. And she's a smart cookie. Yeah, she can speak to eight in Spanish now and nineteen, and no, eighteen in um, English. Yeah, Aww. yeah. Because so, her mom is Mexicana, yeah. so I think they speak um, Spanish to her, right? Yeah. Her her grandma. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Finally, I'm gonna have a bilingual niece or nephew. Teach them. Well, I, you know, my kids are kind of lagging on that. No, they are so lagging. They don't spend enough. I, you know, sometimes when I talk to them in Spanish with enough like gumption, they kind of understand. Kinda and when I it. point stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, even if you aren't Latino, get start speaking Spanish, you no. know, like put him in a bio. I mean, it's very popular in Mexico to put your kid in an English speaking school 24 seven and then they're at home speaking Spanish. Yeah. So there's some schools, there's like um, some schools here in Southern California where it's completely it's Spanish. Like immersion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, immersion. Like I know there's an Argentinian school um, that does that. So you learn like Argentinian dialect and then you come home and, and speak English. Yeah, but for sure. She's such a cutie pie. She's so sweet. And so she lives in San Diego. San Diego. So, yep. so yeah, you're kind of in between. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you you don't have a Monday through Friday sketch. You know, my schedule is actually pretty open, but I fill them with other things. You know, I got a nonprofit that I'm involved with and I volunteer a lot. And so... Like if I'm not busy with other things, my schedule can be wide open. Yeah. So that's the kind of good thing about flying for the airlines. Like you'll be gone for four days in a row, but then have a week. A week, yeah. 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 yeah and then that's when Michael's like, "Hey, I'm going to Cabo right now. You want to come?" And I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> I got to do Mondays with Megan." He does that. He does that. I think to torture me, where he's like, "Dude, sorry," or he'll be like, "Hey, I got an empty seat." What's up? I'm heading to fucking Vegas. And I'm like, well, give me a sec. I've got to hit up Steve Aoki. <laughs> see what he's doing. I want to see what he's up to. Riff Raff was living in your building. Remember Riff Raff? Yes, he was yeah. yeah, living in your building. Riff Raff was there. We used to see Katy Perry at the at McCarran. Like, remember when we, we used to, in Vegas, we used to fly into Henderson. Because yeah, Henderson. Our, the hangar was there. It's yep. a little cheaper. It's like south. Henderson is a city just south of Vegas. But sometimes we'd, I mean, the private jet center, the executive jet center in Vegas is like a shit show. Oh, it's insane. Oh, it's, cra- it's chaos. It's yeah. like, if it's it's not a chic Arabian prince. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Katy Perry yep. or Snoop Dogg or a, a boxer. You're right. I love that life. Didn't yeah. you love that life? It was, you know, it's it's good, but you know, it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Sometimes, you know, like it. No, it, but it is. Like we, it's me, you were made for that. No, me and Michael would go to like Marquee on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Like we, mm-hmm. there would be like a young professionals mixer. Young professional, and we're like, fuck yeah. it, we'll go to Marquee, be somebody. Yeah. Or we'd be like, what do we do? Like. <laughs> We'd go to that like corny. I I actually had a memory. I was listening to this song um, yesterday, and I hit up Michael because I'll hit up like I won't talk to him for a week, and then I'll just text him a meme or something, and that's how we communicate. And so um, we were at this like random ass casino on like South Las Vegas Boulevard, like beyond the Strip. Like I'm talking like on the way. Like just, it was downtown, wasn't it? No, no, no it was like um, one of those almost the, like my, I think it might have been Stoney's. I think it's a uh, it's yeah, one yeah. of those local casinos. Yeah. And we went to watch a cover band, and he wanted to go there because he was craving steak and shake. Can I live? Can I live? (laughs) I'm out here, you know? He was like, I really want... Like a shake? No, the restaurant is called Steak and Shake. It's like an In-N-Out. Yeah, it's It's a hamburger place. It's a a very... I don't know if it's like from the South or whatever, but Michael made like a Friday night out... Because there would be a lot of times where Michael and I, we were the only ones that... We were our only friends. Yeah. Because we weren't strippers or working in hotels or full-time DJs. So like, we were the random kind of people that were like, what are you doing in Vegas? Everyone in Vegas is on their grind. Yeah. Everyone there is like stripping, hustling, driving 
driving, whatever, where we were kind of these randoms. And so we like would have these casino nights where we just would go and eat, you know, steaks and shakes, like steak burgers and shakes and watch cover bands. That was our life in Vegas. I mean, it was dope. I, yeah, I'm, I got to save some juicy tidbits for my, my Vegas <laughs> Yeah, episode. your Vegas episode. Yeah, but I'm, I'm so glad, Mike, because so many people have been asking about you and, and curious about this mysterious twin brother, Michael. Yeah, I exist. And why aren't you into the treatment? You know, you got other things cooking. It's busy. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you dabbled in medicine, a little, being a, yeah. a little uh, orderly surgeon. Yeah. He's person. our male model when we need him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michael's down yeah. as hell. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Throw me in. <laughs> Send me in, coach. Let's roll. <laughs> cool. Thank oh, you so much, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. For So I know what people are going to ask, like, how much do you charge to fly from Ontario to Vegas? What's your uh, rate? Can you charter? It depends. It depends on who it is. Give him a good good discount. Oh. No, yeah. dude, don't get, don't come out the gate with the discount. Just have him call me. We'll figure it out. Because <laughs> when I tell my friends that I'm a pilot, they're all like, "Oh my god, I'm doing a bachelor party in Vegas." Yeah. So like, actually, let's do that really fast. Yep. Say someone wants to fly six people yep. from Ontario to Vegas. Yep. What's a ballpark? Like in a not- jet ballpark, six six people. Yeah. Out of the Inland Empire or SoCal. Sure. Yeah. Probably like six or seven grand each way. Round trip. Round trip. For, That's actually not bad. A thousand you, bucks a person. When you split it, it's. I mean, it's better than first class. You can bring essentially almost whatever you want. You can leave whenever you want. TSA you know? is yeah. You know, TSA. I mean, within reason. You know, there's some stuff that we go through, but it's also a very Instagrammable moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to get on the gram. A lot of people, you know, nowadays is all about that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but people, you know, this is not a Gulf Stream. So people think like, oh, shit, I could stand up. No, you're not standing up in this jet, yeah. especially not a six foot tall bitch like me. Yeah. But it's super dope. It's like oh, Michael has the best snacks. Mm-hmm. He has like a snack basket. Anything you want. Any type cards. of booze, whatever. Like if, yeah, anything. Remember when you're working at, uh, was it, if, it, if it's not illegal or immoral or what or, was that saying? Oh, you know anything saying? you want as long as it's not illegal, immoral, or just plain wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> so essentially that stands with so Michael, Patterson Arrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike Patterson Airlines, he's not going to cop you an eight ball. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to get your cocaine on your own. That's true. But whatever happened on Patterson Arrow never happened, you know. So <laughs> we, know you have a, we know you have a choice when flying. So. <laughs> cool. so well, awesome. yeah. If you guys, if you guys want to charter a, a private jet with uh, Mikey, I mean, there's a lot more companies now that, that are doing this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, yeah, it's 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 getting very popular in regards to that. So. It's getting popular. It's also borderline like they're going through some loopholes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely a legal way of, of approaching it, you know, and um, I just I just solicit my services, my pilot services. And then I have a guy who has an airplane. And when those two and two together come together, that's legal. It's called yeah. a dry lease. And so mm. but when you solicit the pilot and the aircraft at the same time, it's a wet lease. And that involves other things. And so. Yeah, this is not Michael's commuter plane is like a really cute like four seater. And when I mean four seater, I'm Actually talking two. It's two. I was yeah. gonna say. I mean, in those planes, if you're fitting four people and they gotta be under eighty pounds each. Yeah. No bags. Shonies <laughs> yeah. and toothbrush. No bags. Because when Michael's like flying me, I'm I, you gotta position. It's things like that where you're like you have to position the weight back when you used to fly those smaller planes. Yeah, well the CJ is, is pretty utilitarian, but yeah, there's other airplanes that have limitations and so you can essentially on the like the, the small jets, you can bring whatever you want. But yeah, and Michael Cessna, you can't be bringing your your bag of makeup at like your big old trunk of clothes and yeah. makeup. Yeah. Well, that Michael only uses the Cessnas for his dates. Yeah, or my commute. <laughs> <laughs> the jet you guys can reserve, and it'll cost you about seven grand. Yeah. So hit up Michael at Michael Patterson, Michael Patterson Airlines. Yeah, roll through. <laughs> well, thank you, Mikey, for joining us. Of course, it's it good thanks, to be here. Mike. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. All right, well, I look forward to it. Yeah, we'll have I'll to be, have another be back here for some Botox and filler. And <laughs> I'll get you on one of my lives. There you go. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya.